0: So we, as a church, have been exploring the the topic of everyone, everywhere. And I think um, in worship, we've just been led very nicely uh, to the goodness of God, how God's been good to us. And everyone, everywhere is about us being able to spread the goodness of God. Um, And I, I feel that one of the Areas that we have to leave this is true, our everyday, our everywhere, our everybody. And in the last few weeks, we've talked about the promptings, we've, we've talked about proximity, we've talked about processes. Today, we're going to talk about the topic of prejudices, we're going to talk about equality. And one of the things that really baffles me is that I know that. God expects us to live in a certain way that shows his love and shows who he is. But not just that, the world expects us to, the world actually looks at us expecting us to show the goodness of God, to show the love of God. I thought that a a good place to start to talk about how we can face up to this Issues, how we can move from where we are to a place where our prejudices do not hold us or do not stop people from having a chance to have a relationship with Jesus. One of the places that, um, one of the things that I looked at, I looked at, I thought it would help to look at the definition of the word prejudice. It says, any preconceived opinion or feeling, either favorable. Unfavorable, any unreasonable feeling, opinion, or attitude, especially of a hostile nature. Very, very deep, very, very deep. It talks about looking at whether it's someone's ethnic background, whether it's someone's racial, race or social background or religious background, are prejudices or inequality. What it does is it causes, apart from making things unequal, but it also leads to oppression. So when we're being prejudiced and when we're not treating people equally, what we're doing is we're oppressing people, whatever category there are. So this morning I thought I'd ask, what are your prejudices? What are you or how are you feeding inequality? How are you allowing people to be oppressed? I know that a lot of people will say, well, I can't be prejudiced because this is something people do to me. Actually, I would ask you today, look at it properly, because sometimes we're prejudiced because we build a wall and because we've been hurt we begin to hurt other people. Some of us, are un- it's unconscious because it's the way we've been brought up. It's something um, we've been told, all the things that we, we've seen that have made us become the way that we are. Sometimes it's because of the fear of the unknown, You know, the lack of knowledge about other people's culture, other people's way of living. I'm going to read 1 John verse 4, um, chapter 4, verse 21. It says, for he has given us this command. This is God. Whoever loves God must also demonstrate love to others. Actually, I will say boldly this morning that love gives no space for prejudices. It gives no place for inequality. It gives no place for oppression. And I thought one of the things I will do this morning, sort of share for you, I mean, share with you this morning, places where I have been prejudiced. And, and I, I'm learning that every day more and more. I'm learning more. But I'll share this. This happened to me uh, probably about eight years ago. My my youngest, more than that, actually, my youngest a son who is now 12 he was a baby then so that's almost 11 years ago I remember he was very young then he was in a boggy and I pushed him into church um and at the time where we we used to have services in the uh what is now the zeal uh center and what used to be hitting Christians center the building at the time and as I pushed my son in at the time we used to have quite a number of um Homeless people coming into service. And I pushed him into, and one of this beautiful people came to me and they wanted to look at my son. And remember, I not consciously, but because of what I had been told, or what I've seen, or where, whether it's what I'd heard on the news or heard people say, I have the concept that people that are homeless, it's because of something they've done. All homeless people, it's because. They've not managed their finances very well. It's because um, they've been involved in drugs or alcohol, you know, or it's because all sorts of things. But I remember pushing the buggy in and I felt I just almost felt God saying to me, "Let, let, let them have talk to your children. And I did. I did. And that did something in me. But I didn't realize that it was the beginning of work. It was the beginning of something that God was beginning to do in me. He had just God had just started with me, and I remember uh, a few services after that. um, We were introduced to CAP as a church, and our um, community pastor then, Phil Jackson, uh, brought this um, guy to talk to us about CAP and Christian Against Poverty. And when he was talking, at the end, he talked about people joining and partnering. With CAP. I remember that day I sat down and I thought, okay, I'm going to become a befriender. That's someone who helps to visit people. And I felt God pushing me beyond that and saying to me, actually give to it. Um, And I gave, I decided I didn't have much. And I thought, okay, I'm going to give no matter how little I'm going to give. We were given two books that I read on that day. I I were given two books and I read it. And one of them was by the uh, CEO of CAP. And he talked about his story about how he became homeless. And I realized that actually that is not the story. The story is not that every homeless person has this. My preconceived idea of homelessness. Some people become homeless because they lost their job, because they've been ill and unwell, because they've been in broken, broken down relationships. All sorts of reasons. But also the other book that I read was about testimonies of people who had been helped by cap. Why am I sharing this with you? It was a prejudice that I had at that time and God wanted to deal with it. And God did. And I thank God because it made a difference in me. Today, we're going to look at the book of Acts. But the story that I told you just now, what it showed me was that behind every face, there is a story. Every person that you see, there is a story. And every story and every person matters to God. The book of Acts, we're going to be reading chapter 10 and the story is about Cornelius, who is a Roman and Peter, who is Jew. When we delve into that story, You will see why this was a big thing and why God wanted to deal with it. But before we go there, I thought, let's talk a bit about the past, Peter's past. Peter was one of the disciples of Jesus. And um, we know that he's one of of the disciples that Jesus, he was a fisherman. And Jesus said to him, you're a fisherman, but I'm going to make you a fisher of men. If you knew before, didn't know, I'll tell you this. Peter's name meant Reed, and it meant a weak and impressionable person. In fact, it meant that he was someone that could not stand, could not be more or less trusted with the things that Jesus ended up trusting him with. Peter had his faults, made his mistakes. In fact, when Jesus was crucified, he denied Jesus three times. But we know that even though Jesus knew about his history, when Jesus looked at him, he said to him, "Actually, you, Peter, will become the rock upon which I build my church." So Jesus was moving and talking about a Peter who was a reed and saying, "I'm going to be. You will become a rock." And what we're about to read in Acts is a story, I think, of the journey that Peter went through be- to become the rock that Jesus wanted him to be. I will. Because it's a very long chapter and we've got limited time, I will read some of the verses, but I will tell you the story. So Acts chapter 10, verse 1 starts with um, Cornelius, who, like I said to you, is a Roman. And the Bible says that Cornelius was, he puts it like this said, he was a devout man. He was God-fearing and he was generous to those that were in need. And he prayed to God regularly. At three o'clock this afternoon, an angel appears to, Je- to Cornelius and he says to him, God has heard your prayers. God sees that you give to the poor. Right now, what I want you to do is choose three men and send them to the, ha- to the home of a man called Simon Peter in a, in, a, in a place called Joppa. Send them to his home. Cornelius as we know, is a man that loves God, and he obeyed. He did that. He sent his men off. Now, God, in His own very beautiful way, the next day at noon, Peter, who is Jew, the Bible says he was at that he he was praying at the roof of his house, and after the his prayer, he was very hungry, and he decided to go down to get some food. For a while they were cooking or preparing his food, as the Bible puts it he falls into trance and he has a vision. And in that vision, um, a, a sheet is coming down from heaven and on it, there are animals, four-legged animals, they're reptiles, they're birds. And I will read that because I think it's really beautiful to actually see how the Bible puts it. It says, then a voice said to him, get up, Peter. I love God because... This happens at a time when he's hungry. He says, get up, Peter, kill and eat them. And Peter says, no, Lord, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws has declared impure and unclean. Does that sound like you? Does that sound like me? Where actually it's I have the law. The law backs my behavior. Tradition backs my behavior. My culture backs my behavior. But the voice said, spoke to him again and said, Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled to heaven. When this happens, what Peter does, thank God, because what he does is he listens and he knows this is God speaking to him. As he's coming down, The three men that that Cornelius has sent down to him came in and they tell him, he heard them saying, oh, we're looking for a man called Simon Peter. And Peter comes and says, this is me. Now, in this time, Peter says, and I love this about Peter, he doesn't argue. He says, okay, I'm going to go. When they tell him the story, let's go. The Bible says that the next day, Peter arrives at Cornelius's house. And in verse 25, he says, and as Peter entered the house, Cornelius met, met him and fell to his feet in reverence. But Peter made him to come up and he said to him, stand up, I'm only a man myself. Now, there is a bit of history that you have to realize, and we will read as even Peter says it, that he is a Jewish man going into the house, home of a Gentile is not heard of. He would never have done that the day before, but something different happens because of the vision that God shows him. Now we are now talking about what Peter is beginning to see because what God has shared with Peter is Psalm 139 14. Everything that God has made is fearfully and wonderfully made. And I just wanted to help us to just think at this time, what are the things that you sometimes for our own fault and some maybe not for our fault, are beginning to pull away from what decisions, what is it about race? Is it about sex, people's sexuality? Is it about people's um, disability? Is it because of people's social status? Is it a class thing? Are you a director at a a, a huge company? And therefore, when you go into the supermarket and you're being served by the person at the till, do you look down at them? Or do you do what Peter did and says, actually, I am human like you? Well, Peter arrives there. And I, and I, I just love what Peter says. Because now Peter is beginning to soak in what God is doing it in him. And he responds like this Jesus, Peter told them, Yes, know that it is against our law that a Jewish man should enter a Gentile's home like this or to associate with them. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. So I came without objection. As soon as I was sent, now tell me, why did you call me? And when he does that, Cornelius is excited. Peter enters and Cornelius has called loads of people to come in because this man is coming. When Peter comes in, he also then sees that, my goodness, something is going on here. He then says, I see very clearly, God has no favoritism. God shows no favoritism. I love that every time we respond to God, he doesn't stop. Everything that God asks us to do blesses us, blesses others, and blesses the world. Which part of your boundaries is God pushing today? What is God saying? What home, in quote, is God asking you To step into today? Where would you normally never step into? Who would you normally never talk to? That God is saying, actually, my love has no boundaries. My love breaks culture, it breaks race, it breaks social barriers. God's love breaks everything that we humans hold so dear. So what does Peter do from there? I believe that Peter experiences a personal freedom and a freedom in his ministry. In fact, we will read verse 44 to 48 in a minute. But what I see is that Peter is the first person to preach to Gentiles. Now, but for what Peter did on that day, you and I, will not have this privilege that we enjoy in relationship with God. I don't know, maybe if Peter didn't respond, God could have asked somebody else to do it. But Peter responded and he responded straight away. Now, the gospel of Jesus Christ is being preached to the Jews and to the Gentiles alike. Why? Because God pushed on Peter's prejudices. I'll read verse 44. Again, Acts 10, verse 44. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on all Gentiles too, not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles also. For they heard them speaking, in other tongues and praising God, then Peter asked, "Can anyone object to being there? Them being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit, just as we have?" So he gave orders to them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterwards, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. I love the fact that. God does something for Peter on a personal freedom. God does something for the Gentiles because they're able to access a relationship with God that they never had the privilege to. But I believe that Peter's ministry changed from that day. We have talked about Peter's past we have talked about Peter's presence when he the, he had the, the vision, where We've talked about what then happened after that. I want to ask us today: What has shaped your prejudices? Is it what God is it what God feels that you should do? Is it what people have done to you? Is it what people have said to you? I have heard people say things like, I can't, I'm black, therefore I can't be racist. It's not true. I've heard people say things like, I give to a certain group of people and therefore I'm open to all. That may not be true. Are your prejudices shaped by your past, by your present, by your experiences? Could it even be your upbringing? Could it be something that your parents used to say? Could it be what you were told that you as a person, because of the way you've been brought up, you're better than other people? Are you simply just aligning to what? Society is saying, are you aligning with society? Are you aligning with your friends? Are you aligning with the family's view? I call, speaking to myself and to everyone today, what is God saying? What, is, what does God's love say about the way that we see people, the way that we treat people, the way that we communicate with people? I actually want to push something today. Do you even have prejudices against the church because of the you've been hurt in the church in the past? I want you to realize that I am not disregarding your feelings. I'm not disregarding your hurt. But I'm saying that in an opening to God and let God heal those wounds, he will set you free to the light of another world. Are you prejudiced because you're thinking, actually, I had neighbors from a particular part of the world. They treated me badly. I had a boss who treated me badly. I'm not saying that you do not feel what you feel. But what I'm saying is, like Peter, step out and let God heal. Let God speak into your presence and do something new in you. What are you going to do about it? What do we do? It might not be easy, but it's God's way. It's it's mm-hmm. love's way. Do you want to allow God to start to reveal to you? I've put three things that I want us to go away with today. I've said speak to God. Open up to God. Speak to God. And this could mean that You allow God to show you, to show me where the prejudices in my life, where they lie. That God shows me the roots of my prejudices. Because sometimes they're so deep-rooted and sometimes we're so okay with living with them that we don't even know that they exist. Are you speaking to God today and saying to God, Let me know, God, what I need to do differently. Speak to God. Seek understanding. What does the Bible say? This is an example of what the Bible says about people of different, the Romans, the Jews. It's simply explained and we can see in scripture how God feels about it read books, speak to people, ask questions, do something different. So we speak to God, we seek understanding, but then I want us to do beyond that. I want us to step out and do, do things differently. What are you doing? What could you do? What more can you do? I love today that Sandra said she's involved in the community. And that, for me, spurred me on because it made me think, actually, I could do more. I shared with you what God did with me when it came to homelessness. And I I tell you now, when I, I realized that actually it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter how people get to where they are. Actually, God has not called you and I to judge people and judge how people are where they are. All He has called us, as we have seen in First John four twenty one, is to love people. You know, First Samuel fourteen, where God speaks to Samuel about anointing David, and and David is looking um, anointing David, and Samuel is looking. At different places, God says, you humans look at the outward, but I look at the heart. Again, I want to, in closing, read 1 John 4, 21. For God, for he has given us this command. It's not a choice. Whoever loves God must also love demonstrate love to others. How is God calling you today to demonstrate love? How is God calling you today to speak out and break the hold of prejudices off from your life, from your community, from your world? I would add, and I really feel strongly about this, that actually You keeping quiet when you see these things happening is not a way out. If we read going down in the book of Acts, all the way down, there are times where even Peter doesn't get it right. And Paul calls him to order and says, actually, no, you know, the Jews and the Gentiles are the same before the eyes of God. I'm calling you this morning and I'm saying, speak to God. Seek understanding and step out. Let us be a people that leave the love that we have experienced. Let us stop being reservoirs. Let us be rivers. Let us, we know that God loves us. Let the love of God flow to us, through us, into other people, into areas that we have never allowed it to flow through. I um, I know that the call today is going to be really difficult and really, really hard for people. But I'm calling you because I, I actually really believe that God is calling us and myself included, that he wants to do something different in this world. And if we, whether you are, as you're listening to me this morning, you go to church, whether you don't go to church or you're just this is your first time of engaging. In church, God is calling us to be a people—a world that feels what other people feel. Um, let us pray. Yes, and Father, I thank you that we cannot see. That we do not know what love is because we experience your love. We cannot say that we cannot give love because we have accepted it. And Lord, I pray because I know that people are in different places at different times today. Some people have been hurt. Some people are even currently hurting. But Lord. We reach out to you, Lord, today because you're a God who, who responds to our hurt, who responds to our needs, who risk, who who meets us at, at, at the places where we're at. Lord, I pray today that you meet people, every one of us, at the place where we're at. And Lord, I pray that you give us the experience that you have given Peter, wherein, Lord, you root our world of prejudices. You, you 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 pull them up, Father, so that you can bless the Corneliuses that are in our lives, that are in our community, that are in our world. Give us, Lord, a sensitivity to people, a love for people from the heart. Lord, I pray today that you will help us to have an understanding of who you are of what you're doing in this world, at this time, in this moment. I pray, Lord, help us to walk and work with you in all of this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.